Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. We thank God for another opportunity to bring you the ever-living Word of God from right here in the sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois, on the corner of 27th and Ezekiel. Can these bones live? I hear some living bones shouting and praising God, not only here, but abroad. So we thank God for you. Get your Bible, bless your hearts, tell someone. Communicate to someone that we are on and we have a word from the Lord. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read verse number 7 as our foundational scripture. And we're continuing our teaching on Christ the healer, the body of Christ. And of course, everyone, but the body of Christ needs healing now more than we've ever needed it. And we're believing God for your healing even now. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. And it reads, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your incredible grace and mercy that has brought us to this place. Touch every heart, every mind. Heal from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. Use me to make your word, your will plain. Anoint me to speak specifically to everyone that needs healing in this hour. I thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all in the sanctuary. You may be seated. So we are in part two of mental health. Mental health. Mental health is a huge issue in this country and around the world. And many have said that the church uh, historically has ignored uh, the need to address mental health. And many say particularly in the black and brown communities. So we're going to talk about mental health, but we're going to approach it from a kingdom perspective Somebody say kingdom perspective. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you didn't hear Sunday's message, it's a must. You must go back and look at it from our webpage or YouTube. It will bless. It will challenge you. It'll, it'll, it'll challenge you. It's an in-your-face message, but it will bless you. All right. So this is part two, talking about mental health. So Paul has written to his spiritual son, Timothy, who is in the ministry and will be given more responsibility to oversee ministry as Paul departs. So he tells Timothy that God has not given him or any believer the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love and a sound mind. We're going to emphasize the sound mind part because we're talking about mental health. So we taught, we learned, we've heard that a sound mind is a disciplined mind, a disciplined mind. Every believer needs to understand you can control your mind. You can discipline yourself with a disciplined mind. A disciplined mind is a self 
controlled mind. Now, let me say this, too. I know our notes are out there on, on, on our website, and it's good to get them, but it's still good for you to write things down in your own words to help you remember. So when I say write it down, some people, you got the notes, Reverend? Why would I write it down? You wrote it down for us. Well, <laughs> that's to help you, but you remember what you write. So it's important for you to write it even though it's already written for you. So again, a sound mind is a disciplined mind and it's a self-controlled mind. That's very important. It's a self-controlled mind. When we get saved, when we got saved, born again, spirit filled, the Holy Spirit of God gave us the ability to control our own minds. That's so important. That's so important. Nobody can put no spells and stuff on you and work roots on you and take control of you. No, 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 no. You need to know you can control and should control your own mind. You should control your mind. Watch this. We do not have a mind controlled or manipulated by the world, the flesh, or the devil. Get that, get that, write that down, get that down, deep down in you. We do not, as believers, as saints, we don't have minds that the world can control. Neither do we have minds that our flesh can control, unless we allow it to. And neither do we have minds the devil can control. If the devil is talking to you, tell him to be quiet. These are very, these are very, very important things that, 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 that we, we, we need to rehearse and we need to get down in our spirit and get deep down in our hearts and our mind. Now, another thing I want to let you know is that many times the, the word heart and mind are interchangeable. They're synonyms. So sometimes when the Bible speaks of the heart, it also refers to the mind, not your brain, but your mind. So Psalm 118 or 119 verse 80, which is a perfect example of that. It says, the psalm writer says, let my heart or my mind be sound in your statutes, God. Let my heart or my mind be sound in your statutes that I be not ashamed. If, if, if our minds aren't strong and solid concerning what God's word says, we will live shameful lives. It's a shame some of the things that happen to believers because our minds aren't solid in the word. We cannot be, listen, I know you see what's going on in the world. This is, there never was a time, but this is absolutely, absolutely the worst time to be a casual believer. To just know enough scripture to say I'm saved. That's a dangerous place to be. Let your mind be sound in God's word, in his laws. Statutes are fixed laws, like a statue. A statue of a person is fixed. It's unmovable. That's what God's statutes are. They don't change over generations, over time. We got people that say, well, that's old. Well, there are certain things don't change. And if we don't know the things of God that do not change, then the world will tell us to change it. And then we'll have unhealthy minds because we're trying to change something unchangeable. 
A heart and a mind, or heart and mind, or heart or mind, that is sincerely after God will walk in his ways. You know yourself if you are sincere in your following of Jesus Christ because you will walk in his ways. You will learn what his ways are. You will learn what God's teachings are, his statutes and commands, and you will walk in them. You will worship. You will worship. Somebody told me the other day, Bishop, I just know people coming back to church because I know folk need to worship. I know people want to worship God. Well, I, I pray that's true. I pray that does happen because it should happen. Because if you are a sincere follower of Jesus Christ, you need corporate worship. You want to be among others that are worshiping God like you. So if you're sincere, you're going to worship. If you're sincere, you're going to pray and you're going to need and want to pray with other believers. If you are sincere, you're going to want to give. I got to give to the Lord. I got to give to the kingdom. And you're going to find a healthy, solid, integrity place to give. If you are sincere, if your mind is healthy, if you have an unhealthy mind, if you have mental challenges, then you don't give to anybody or anything because you don't trust anybody or any institution. Well, then there's some issues you need addressed in your mind, because if you're healthy in your mind, you're going to worship, you're going to pray, you're going to give. And watch this. You're also going to forgive. You're going to forgive people. Forgiveness is a ongoing process. How many of us know that? Listen, you know, we asked for forgiveness when we first got saved. And if you really are really serious in following God, you keep asking God to forgive you because you are convicted by things you do that don't please him or things that we do not do we should do that please him. So forgiveness is not a one-time thing unless you're unhealthy in your mind. If you don't think you need any more forgiveness, you're not thinking straight. There's a problem in your mind. Write this down. A mind under the influence of the world is a secular mind. We talked about that. A secular mind. Secular means worldly. A mind under the influence and control of the world is a secular mind. If you follow everything going on, you can't stay away from, oh, I don't want to, oh boy. You know, <laughs> if you're one of those people you got to have your phone in your hand all the time to see what's going on in the world. You have a secular mind. You just got to know what's going on. You know, obviously, I, I, I'm older. I'm from another generation. I'm not one of those people that's got to have my phone in my hand all the time to see what's going on. A whole lot more can be said about that. 
So a mind under the influence or control of the world is a secular mind. Second Timothy 4.10, the Bible reads, Demas has forsaken, the King James says, but it, or abandoned. Paul says to Timothy, Demas abandoned me because he fell in love with this present world. Demas used to be a partner with the Apostle Paul in ministry. In fact, when Paul was in prison, Demas was his buddy. But Demas fell in love with the world and abandoned Paul while he was in prison. You ever run into somebody? Uh, let's just go there. You know anybody that you came up with serving God, worshiping, and all of a sudden they just fell in love with the world and they don't understand why you go to church and they try to make you feel bad, make you feel like you backwards and ignorant and stupid because you still go to church. They love the world. It happens. It happened to Paul. It will happen to you. It will happen to me. It happens to us. There are people that we used to walk with and pray with and sing and shout and dance and cry with, but they fell in love with the world and they no longer serve God. They no longer worship God. They no longer go to church and they want you to feel like something's wrong with you. My brother, my sister, the truth is something's wrong with their mind. Let me take that guilt off of you. You mean you still go to church like like you fell under a rock and you yeah, you know, I have not abandoned my love for God. I don't have a mental problem. You do. You have lost your ever loving mind. If you could walk away from God. After everything we saw you do. For you, we saw you get saved. We saw God heal you. We saw God minister to your children. We saw God get you jobs and promote. We were in the church when we prayed for those things to happen to you. And now you have fallen in love with the world and you abandoned God. Something's wrong with your mind. And we're praying for you. First John 2.15. Love not the world. Man, we should shout that. Love not the world, neither the things in the world. Hmm. Don't love the world. Why do people who claim to love Jesus love the world? How come the world can get you to do stuff the church can't get you to do? How come you'll work 60 hours a week and won't give God six hours a week? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's Bible. Anyone that has a secular mind, you are mentally ill. You love the world. Something's wrong. He goes on to say in verse 16, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, this is not of the Father, but of the world. You're lusting after. You got to have everything your favorite entertainer, actor, rapper has. You emulate them. You do your hair like them. You dress like them. You walk like them. You love the world. Something's wrong with your mind if you go to church and call yourself a Christian, but you live like the world. That's an unhealthy mind. The next one, 
a mind under the control of the flesh is called a carnal mind. A mind that's under the control of the flesh is called a carnal mind. Romans 8, 7 reads, the carnal mind is enmity or hostile to God. <laughs> if you allow yourself to become so worldly that you become debased enough to be carnal and beastly, all of a sudden now you'll be hostile to the things of God. You're hostile against Christians. You're hostile against believers. You want to hurt them. You cuss them out. You, 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 you're hostile against God and the things of God. For the carnal mind, he goes on to say, is not subject to the law of God. So if your mind is carnal, you don't and won't obey God's word. You won't see a need to. You'll reject it. It's, 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 bound, it's binding you up. It's hindering you. You don't want anything to do with the scriptures or God's word or God's laws or commandments. You are hostile. When you hear it, you get angry. Who won't tell me? You can't tell me. It's my body. I thought you read the scriptures when it told you now that you're saved, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. But you got Christians. Oh, I'm going to go there. You got Christian women running around saying, it's my body. I can have an abortion if I want to. And you call yourself a Christian. You're, you've got a mental illness. Our bodies, once we give our lives to Christ, we give him our all, all of me. We don't just give him the part that we want him to have. God, I'm going to give you my lung because I smoked and I got lung cancer, but I'm going to keep the rest of me. No. This is mental illness. Something's wrong with the mind and how we think and perceive. If you think you can be a Christian and do whatever you want with your body, who told you that? If they did, I'm sorry. They're wrong. Now, let me be honest. Let me be clear. We all have free will. I'm going to say this to shock you. Now, don't get upset. Don't call the police. I can go down there and just slap you if I want to. I would never do that because it's wrong. But to suggest just because you can do whatever you want, you can do sin and it's okay, and the laws are supposed to, we're supposed to pay for it through taxpayer dollars, something's wrong with how you're thinking. Because I don't want you to walk up here and slap me. You say, I got a right to slap you, Reverend. I didn't like what you said. A mind under the control of the flesh is carnal. It's hostile towards God. You're going to be hostile towards everything God says is right. You can tell when you run into a carnal-minded person, they're going to be hostile when you bring up, see, 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 you're just judging people. Why are you mad? I'm telling you what the Bible is saying. Something's wrong with how they're thinking. Something's wrong. And we got to deal with this stuff. We can't pretend like it doesn't exist. The next one. A mind under the control of the devil is a demonic mind. There are people, believe me, 
I don't know what, you know, everybody doesn't believe in demons and all that. I, I get it. But I, whether you believe in them or not, they're real. And they are controlling the minds of people in high places, medium, middle places, and low places. In John 8, Jesus says to some people he's teaching, you are of your father, the devil, and his lusts is what you're going to do. You got his mentality. You think just like your daddy. I can tell, <laughs> Jesus, I can tell who your father is because you think just like him. Your father is the devil and you got a demonic mindset. You got a demonic mentality. Because you do the stuff he likes. You don't do the things your father in heaven likes because God is not your father. The devil got children. They get on the subway, get on the train, get in airplanes, work at the grocery store. You better hear me. You better pay attention where you go. You better, like I said, your head need to be on a, on a swivel today. What you doing? Who's handling my food? I've gone places and ordered to look. Oh, no, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm honest to goodness. I drive through. I, oh, no, I go in a place and it ain't clean. Oh, no, you can't. No, I can't eat here. The devil is running this, this, this place. <laughs> you need to have your head on a swivel. Everybody you run into is not a child of God. The demoniac in Luke chapter 8, the demoniac lived in the tombs and terrorized the whole community. And Jesus comes to the shore and he runs and he submits himself to Jesus. Jesus sets him free. And then he's, the Bible says he's calmly sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. I want you to know demons can flee from you. When the power of God is active in your life and you walk it out, there's no reason that your son or daughter can't be clothed and in their right mind when they used to be wild and out. He was clothed. That means he used to be naked. But when he had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus touched his mind. And he had enough sense to know I can't walk around like this. He had enough sense to know this is the Christ, the son of the living God. And the demon said, can we leave and go into the swine? And Jesus said, get out of him. You can go wherever you want. Well, he didn't say you go wherever you want. Go into those swine. Get out of him. I want you to know you can have your mind free of demonic oppression and possession tonight in the name of Jesus. All you have to do is repent and ask Jesus to come in and Every foul and unclean demon will leave you. A mind under the control of Holy Spirit has the mind of Christ. A mind under the control of the Holy Spirit has the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 16b, we have, believers, we have the mind of Christ. Either you have the mind of Christ, excuse me, or you have a demonic mind, 
or you have a carnal mind, which is your mind without God. Your mind without God is not healthy. Think of all the stuff you've done to yourself. <laughs> Think of the bad decisions you made that hurt you, not alone, not a, let alone your family, because you were out of your mind. You didn't know any better. When God comes into our lives, he teaches us better. Somebody's about to do better because you're about to get healed of some mental illness. We have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is an anointed mind. Write that in the first person. I have, as a believer, an anointed mind. Man. Ooh, man. You and I have anointed minds. You're going to figure out how to get out of what you got in. You're not going to need all the help you think because your answer is in your mind because you have the mind of Christ because Christ knows everything. Messiah knows everything. I want somebody to know you're not dumb. You're not slow. You have the mind of Christ and you can figure it out. You're going to come out of this because God put the wisdom and the knowledge in you already. You are not stuck. You have the mind of Christ. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. You're not at a dead end. You have the mind of Christ. It's an anointed mind. It's a mind that knows God and loves the things of God. Yes, let me tell somebody. Yes, you do love God. The devil has been lying to you about your own mind. The devil's been in your mind telling you you don't have love for God. I'm telling you the devil is lying to you and he's about to get out of your mind so you know that you truly do love God and you love the things of God because the devil is in your mind affecting your mind, affecting how you think, affecting how you reason You're not even sure who you are. That's because your mind is unhealthy. But when you fell in love with Jesus, you found out he was already in love with you. You love God. Somebody say, I love God. Say it again. Say, I love God. Say it like you mean it. I love God. Yes, you love God and you love the things of God. And the devil has been lying to you, telling you you're not worth loving. But God had already determined to love you. You just discovered he already loves you. And so now you need to know it's okay for you to love him back. Jesus. An anointed mind or the mind of Christ is a mind that receives revelation knowledge from God. You receive revelation knowledge from God. Uh, let's do some old school prophetic symbolism. Put your hand on your head. If you can be, let it be your right hand. Put your hand on your head and say, I receive revelation knowledge from God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That means you don't need to wait for the Internet to come on. You don't need to wait for CNN to say it. You don't need to wait for anybody to tell you. You receive revelation knowledge directly from God because you have the mind of Christ. You know what you need to know and what you don't need to know. You're about to know it. Hallelujah, because your mind and mine receives revelation directly from God. 
That's why I love to pray. That's why I love to study the word, because God shows me stuff folk don't want me to know. God shows me things the world doesn't want me to know. So I get revelation straight from God because I have the mind of Christ. Don't you ever feel like you're uh, vulnerable because you don't know. You have the mind of Christ. You get revelation knowledge directly from God. Write this down. You also can understand the mysteries of the kingdom. There's no reason for you as a believer with a healthy, sound mind, reading the scriptures and not knowing what they say. There's no reason for you not to know what's going on in the world and what God thinks about what's going on in the world. You, we, understand mysteries. We understand things the world don't have a clue about. There are times you should be uh, having conversations with worldly unsaved people on your job and you have to stop and say, okay, how can I say this to them? Because it's real clear to me, but I, I got I to gotta find a way to get them to see this. That should be your challenge. <laughs> and then you ought to be at a, at a point sometime where you say, you know, I can't say this because I'm casting pearls before swine. You can't get this. You know, since I'm even trying to say this to you because you cannot understand it. Because you have a carnal mind and you'll fight against the wisdom of God. Mm. A mind. A mind. A mind without the thoughts of God is a weak mind. Don't let people intimidate you that aren't saved. They got a weak mind. This is strong stuff. It's real, though. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care where you've flown to. I don't care how many famous people you know. I don't care who you've had dinner with. If you are not saved, your mind is weak. Your mind is weak. Your mind is uninformed. It doesn't matter what you know and who you know. If you don't know God, you're uninformed. We know him who knows everything. I don't care who famous you know. I know God. Nobody more famous than God. Hey Amen. Get some boldness about you. Get more confidence. You know God. God is in your thoughts. God is directing your path. God is showing you what's what, who's who. Mm, mm, mm. So a mind, again, without God or without the thoughts of God is a weak mind. It's an uninformed mind and an unhealthy mind. If God is not in your thoughts, your mind is unhealthy. It's a natural mind, a mind that's taught by itself and left to itself. If God isn't teaching you, who's teaching you? An unhealthy mind, Romans 1, 28. Hmm. Remember we talked about that when Paul says, because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a mind full of things that God doesn't approve of. Those are the people, that's what people think all the time who don't have God in their mind. They think thoughts that God doesn't approve of. 
that they're going to do. They're making plans to do things God does not approve of. So you got to be careful. I don't care if it's your, I don't care if it's your favorite uncle. If he ain't saved, you may not want to get in the car with him all the time. Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke to the crowd in parables. When you read the scriptures, particularly the gospels, Jesus spoke to the crowd in parables. And the reason Jesus spoke to people in parables was because, hear this, hear this well. Jesus knew people would use and abuse what they don't understand, but think they do. It happens all the time. Sometimes it may be considered coincidental, unintentional. But you've had somebody come up to you and tell you some information. They were sincere and serious about telling you, but they had it all wrong. And it's okay if you were going, getting directions to go to a restaurant and you ended up at the wrong place. But what about a doctor? What about somebody that has just enough knowledge to sound right, but they're wrong? What if it's about your soul? So Jesus is like, I'm not going to give you this information for you to take it and use it against people. I'm going to say this to you in parables, so if you really, really want to know the truth, you'll dig for it, you'll seek God for it, and by the time God reveals it to you, he's changed your heart and mind so you know how to use it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthew 13, let's start there, verse 13. Matthew 13, 13, this is Jesus speaking. He says, therefore speak I unto them, uh, in parables, because they seeing this is going to get heavy now. It's going to get deep. Put your seatbelt on. Tighten it up. Jesus says, because they, I'm going to read it verbatim in the King James, because they seeing see not. They seeing see not. And hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. So they see, they hear but their mind don't get it. The mind, it doesn't register in the mind. You see it, you hear it, but there's no cognitive understanding in the mind. Verse 14, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see, but not perceive. Verse 15. For this people's heart, uh uh-oh, here's the reason why. This people's heart or mind has grossed wax. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. Ooh, did you see that? Did you read that? They closed their own eyes. The devil didn't close your eyes. Your mama didn't close your eyes. Your daddy didn't close your eyes. Your professor didn't close your eyes. The pastor didn't even close your eyes. You closed your own 
eyes. <laughs> he goes on to say, their eyes have they closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart or their mind and should be converted. <laughs> so the reason conversion isn't happening is because you're seeing, but you don't get it. You're hearing and you don't get it. And your mind is not processing it, but you think you got it. You go around telling everybody else about the message you just heard, but you didn't get it. He says that you should be converted. Then he goes on to say, and I should heal them. Oh, my word. Some healings don't happen. Some healings can't happen because our minds aren't healthy. Verse 16. Jesus says, but blessed are your eyes. Somebody say, my eyes are blessed. He says, because I see. I see. I see what God is up to. I ain't up here tripping. I, I see what God is up to. I ain't around looking at Corona and monkey pox and chicken pox and chicken legs. And uh -uh, I'm seeing what God is up to. I'm, I'm focusing on what God. I don't want to miss what God is saying and what he's doing. I'm not afraid of what the world wants me to be afraid of. I'm focusing on God. So I make sure I hear and see right and I can process the information and get revelation for my life. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Jesus said, again, they could see, hear, and obtain information. You could see, hear, you got my notes, you got your notes. But the problem is your mind. You cannot process what you got spiritually. Did you hear this? We've got to be able to process what we receive from God or else we're still mentally unhealthy. How many sermons have you heard throughout your entire life? And how many of those sermons are actively working and producing fruit in your life? That is determined by how healthy your mind is. How healthy is your mind? See, because it's one thing to hear, see. It, you can be in services where miracles, I mean, you know, break, break forth. We got all these crutches and things. But it doesn't mean you're going to get out of, your, out of your wheelchair. It don't mean you're going to walk. You got to process the revelation, the word, the information. You got to process it in a way that it changes you. Said this uh, Sunday, and we've said it before, many during Jesus' time, when they saw Christ, they saw him in a limited capacity. Follow me now. When Jesus walked the earth doing signs, wonders, and miracles that no man had ever done, 
there were people, when they saw Jesus, they saw him in a limited capacity. They didn't see him for all he was, even though all the things he did, they saw and they heard because they couldn't process it in their mind. That's why many said, oh, yeah, he's a great prophet. This is the son of God. All you see is a prophet. That's, this is the son of God. This is the son of. Oh, but all you can see. Is he's a great prophet. So then um, what are they basing their opinion on? Because it wasn't truth. It wasn't the scriptures. It's what they've always heard. I remember a message, I think Bishop Darrell preached it many years ago about Elijah, Elisha rather. It's called a blessing by perception. The old widow woman perceived he was a man of God. So she built a little room for him to stay as he passed by. And because of her perception of who he really was, miracles were happening in her life. There's a blessing by perception. You got to clean some stuff out of your mind because you're not seeing Jesus in the totality of who he is. Your healing can't fully manifest because you've been taught and told all your life Jesus was just a good prophet. Or like many of the Jews back then and some today, he's just uh, uh, going to be. Well, he's he's a king in the line of David and he came to restore Israel to its greatness. Jesus came to do more than what most people think he's going to do. And he's going to do more than what most people believe. This is why you you got to get your mind right so Jesus can be to you everything he promised he would be to you. What's hindering most of you is your mind. Because truth be told, faith is only as good and healthy as your mind. There's people sad to say, sick as it is, there are believers or churchgoers that literally sit up in church and believe that another man's wife is his. That, that prayer ain't coming to pass. You can't have my wife. She's my wife. Don't use your faith on my wife. God, don't. That ain't biblical faith. Something wrong with your mind. Jesus said their hearts waxed gross. Say that with me. Their hearts waxed gross. One more time. Their hearts whack gross. What that means is their hearts, their minds became calloused and hard. <laughs> I got to finish this out. These people who saw and heard the word but couldn't process it and believe it, the reason was, and it's true today, is that these people, their hearts, their minds became hardened or calloused. And write this down because this is crucial, even though we've said it before. You need to make sure you really get it. So I'm going to say it again. They did it to themselves. They put themselves in a mentally unhealthy place. 
They did it. You may wonder, and it's a good question, a great question. You should be, should be asking, how did they do that? How did that happen? How? How? Well, here's how it happened. By much hearing of the word, they began, <laughs> well, first of all, by much hearing of the word, they took it for granted. Let me stop right there. You got to be careful. We all do. E- even preachers, and in some, in some cases, in some regards, preachers even the more. You, you, we have to be careful that we don't just start taking the word for granted. Let me talk about it like this. I feel a little ribbon somebody coming. Well, you know, it's always a word of Christian faith. So I can just, you know, I didn't miss this Sunday or this Wednesday because it's going to be a word next Sunday. You, 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 we got to be careful. We don't take the word of God for granted. And I can get it whenever I want to get it. We always got it. We got a man, a woman of God. We're going to get the word. So, you know, hey, I'm going to be gone for this whole summer, but I'm going to come back because I know the word. Y'all going to be there. The word going to be there. No, 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 no. You're doing your mind an injustice. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You're messing with your own mind when you can just take it or leave it. For 30 years, 30 years, I've tried to make sure I don't take the word for granted. I, don't, I, I work hard at it. I, I, I reject and neglect and, 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 and don't do a whole lot of other things because of this. This. Take it for granted that God just going to speak to me. God, don't have to, I'm just one. They say there's eight billion people on the planet now for the first time. I'm just one of eight billion people. Do I really think God really got to talk to me? They did it to themselves. How? Again, by much hearing of the word, they began to take it for granted. And then here's another dangerous thing that believers do this. I've seen this now. They began to make it mean what they wanted to mean. You hear the message and you turn around and make it mean what you want it to mean. That ain't what God said. Why do you think I go to all the links to put the scriptures and the notes and and let you flow and follow the logic of the scriptures so you don't come up with some crazy idea that I said something I didn't say? The Bible says no scripture is of a private interpretation. So if you got an interpretation of something in Scripture, please talk to three or four other mentally healthy Christians and see if you think it's straight. These folk coming up with these crazy interpretations. I'm going to just bruise past this. We're going to go past this. So, so, so Dr. Creflo Dollar made this statement about tithing and that he's been wrong for 30 years. And all of a sudden now there's floods of preachers on the Internet respectfully disagreeing with him. I'm not on the Internet doing it, but I disagree with him. Because you can't just say tithing is not biblical when people have been teaching tithing for thousands of years. 
I'm like, really? You can't say something isn't God when it's been God the whole time. I'm trying to help five more people. This is, that's dangerous to get up and say God didn't mean that when he meant it and people been saying it for thousands of years. It's of no private interpretation. We can't hear the word and make it mean what we want it to mean. That's how you get mentally ill. That's how you become insane, mentally unhealthy. This is how your life gets all jacked up because you're in the word, but you're making it mean something God didn't mean it to mean. <laughs> I was talking to brother known for many years. <laughs> Him and his wife stayed with me and pastor years ago, many years ago, over 20 five years ago. And uh, he said to me, he lives in another state. We talked. He said, man, I remember we stayed with you. He said, you'd come home from second shift, man. You have all these books out on the, on the kitchen table. He said, that's the first time I ever heard of a lexicon. Some of y'all don't know what one is now. You need to study to show yourself approved so that when you open your mouth and say, God said something, you know, that's what he meant. And not just say something because you heard preachers say it or your granddad or your mama say it or your grandmama say it. So you just keep saying it. But you really don't know what it means. Oh, it's quiet. This is what causes mental illness, illness in the church. This is why people hear and see but don't understand. They did it to themselves. Say this after me. I'm not going to do it to myself. I ain't going to make myself crazy. Why are you going to make yourself crazy? Why would you make yourself ignorant? Why would you mess up yourself by your misunderstanding of what you can easily understand? So these people kept hearing preachers preach and they kept making it mean what they want. You know how people do that? You hear the word, then you confess it. You don't study it. You just start saying, okay, God going to do this in my life because I heard that testimony. God do this for me. And you keep saying it and you confess it and then it don't happen. Then you meet to turn us, well, this day, that ain't what it really meant. It meant this. That's what people do because you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to say God was wrong, so you change it. <laughs> Jesus said, their eyes they have closed. They closed their own eyes. They made themselves blind to the truth. They allowed ignorance into their own minds so they couldn't understand what God was up to. They did it to themselves. Mental illness, when it comes to the things of God, we really don't need the devil's help. Jesus said less at any time, any time, any time, any time is right now. Lest at any time you should see with your eyes. You could see right now what you need to see. Mm -hmm. You can see right now. God can show you right now what you've been missing. That, that needs to be a part of our prayers. I started including it in my prayers years ago. God, show me what I need to see. 
Show me what I'm missing. Show me what I'm ignoring. You know, I'm one of them kind of people, I keep my keys in the same exact place. Because one of the worst things to do is have to go somewhere and you're looking for your keys. I mean, they are your keys. Why can't you just put them where you know where they are? You did it to yourself. You put them in some place different every time. I just help five more people. I mean, you grown as can be, and you're spending 10 minutes looking for your keys. They're your keys. Put your key in the same place every time. You ain't got to worry about it. You ready to go? Let's go. Okay. All right. Come on. Got my key. Let's go. You ready to go? Yeah, let's go. Uh, you see my keys? Wait a minute. They, they're your, you said my. They're your keys. That means you put, you did it to yourself. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? You can't find your keys to your car to go where you need to go. So Jesus says, less at any time you should see with your eyes. At any time you really want to see, you can see. Anytime you really want to hear with your ears, you should hear. Anytime you want to understand what God is saying, you can understand. And then he says, and you be converted. If you need conversion or transformation in your life, you can have it at any time you decide to open up your eyes, open up your ears, and give God your heart and mind. But the truth of the matter is, they didn't really want to see. <laughs> they didn't really want to hear. They really don't want to understand God. See, that's where some folk are today, right now. Beloved, I got to tell you, some of y'all don't go to church and don't come to church because you really don't want to see. You really don't want to hear what God's saying. And you really ain't trying to understand. You want to pretend but the truth is, you ain't trying to change. You ain't trying to let God convert you. You're not trying to be healed. Remember again, the man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus said, do you want to be made whole, man? What you doing? Do you want to be, do you want to be healed? Do you, do you really want to be healed? Because I see you. I, can, I see you, bruh. Don't be, don't be playing. Jesus said, if they really wanted to be converted, if they really wanted to be healed, then they would have changed the way they thought. There is the answer. If you want healing, you have to change the way you think about God and his word. You have to change, my brother. You have to change, my sister. You can't. Stay the same and expect change to happen. Both are mutually exclusive. Either you're going to change or you're going to stay the same. You can't stay the same and change or change and stay the same. It does not happen. See, this is the power of the flesh and a carnal mind. You fight against God and then you get mad when change don't happen. Flesh really don't want to be changed. Can I tell you, your flesh don't want to change. Write that down. My flesh don't want to change. That's what addiction is all about. Your flesh don't want to change. Your flesh want to keep staying drunk. Your flesh want to stay high. Your flesh want to go to the strip clubs. Your flesh don't want to stop. If you're waiting on your flesh to want to change, you ain't going to never change. 
You got to change your mind first. You got to change your mind about your flesh. You have to change your mind about you. You have to change your mind about your life. I want my life to change. That has to start in your mind. We used to say, we used to say things like this back in the day when I was going through my challenges uh, with drugs and alcohol and all kind of crazy. You know, uh, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> you got to get sick and tired of you. You got to get sick and tired of being stupid. <laughs> As a young prophet, he knows his name. I'm going to say his name. I quote him all the time. You got to get tired of doing it the dumb way. <laughs> Why are you doing it the dumb way? You, do, you live in life the dumb way. Don't, come on now, you 30 years old. Don't you know this ain't working? It ain't going to never work. It's never worked for anybody that was doing this. You think it's going to work for you? No, that's dumb. Get tired of doing it the dumb way. Give God your heart and your mind. Let him change your mind, change your thoughts. It changes your deeds. It changes your behavior. Let me finish. Let me make sure you understand. Hmm. See, people who want to continue in their religious traditions and ceremonial ignorance won't change. Ooh, there's so much in that. See, we need in this generation, in this hour, the same thing the people needed in Jesus' day when he talked about seeing they won't see and hearing they won't hear and understand so they won't be converted, won't be healed. We need the same thing that they needed. And it's just plain and as simple as that. We need what they needed. And it's a simple but powerful word. And here it is. Write it down. Repentance. They needed repentance. We need repentance. Repentance is not just being sorry. In the, in the Catholic world, that's penance. Just being sorry and, you know, go do something to absolve yourself and go to the priest. And, you know, that's penance. We don't do penance. We do repentance. Repentance is changing how you think. That results in a change in what you do or a change in behavior. You're not going to change your behavior until you repent. How many times did you swear you weren't going to do it again and you kept doing it? And I kept swearing I'm not going to get my paycheck and drug all that money up and drink it up and take it home to my wife. I just kept promising I was going to do that and I never did it until I repented. And God saved me and empowered me. See, here, here's something else. Uh, uh, again, this, this, is, this, is, this is when we're not holistically rightly dividing the word of truth, exegeting the word of God. Um, you, you, you've got people that talk about grace and they put grace on, uh, they really present grace in a, I'll say it this way, in, 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 in its partial uh, strength and ability. Uh, they emphasize grace in the terms of Jesus Christ uh, on the cross, the finished work of Christ on the cross, which means we don't have to do anything. Jesus did it everything. And, and, and that's true. We, we don't have to do anything. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for sin. However, that's the passive 
side of grace, Dr. Charles Green. That's the passive side of grace. What we're missing is the positive and powerful side of grace, where grace empowers us not to sin. Grace empowers us to do the will of God. Grace is a anointing on us that gives us power over the enemy, not just not to do stuff, but we're empowered to do something. This is why the church isn't growing like it should, because people aren't doing anything or enough to build the church. They're not witnessing to people because they're on the passive side of grace. But when you get on the positive and powerful side of grace, you're going to open your mouth up when you see sinners and convict them and tell them you need to be saved. It's by grace you are saved through faith. You're not going to just say, well, just they're not going to do anything. God's got it. Something's wrong with your mind if all you see grace as is something that gives you an out-of-jail-free card and you don't have to do anything because God did everything. That's what the devil wants. He don't want you to do anything. Just be saved and hum and sway yourself to, to heaven. Repentance is changing the way we think and behave. Repentance was the primary message of John the Baptist, and it was the primary message of Jesus, the Bible says. L -l let me just go through it. We got time. You ain't going nowhere, right? Give me another five minutes, okay? All right. So, with all that's happening in the world today, we need to rethink, we need to reconsider and reevaluate what we think we know about God. That's a part of repentance. These Jews that Jesus primarily ministered to in the Galilean region, they knew the scriptures. <laughs> but they needed to rethink what they knew because what they knew wasn't enough. So that's why John the Baptist came and said, repent, rethink about God, rethink about his word, rethink about his purposes. And then the Bible says that Jesus came and he preached the same thing. Repent, realign yourselves with God's will. God isn't thinking like you think. You got it all twisted. This is why you're not healed. This is why you're confused. This is why your community is jacked up because you're not thinking holistically and healthily about God and his kingdom. That's what repentance says. So in Matthew 3, 1 and 2, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, change how you think. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom is near. You're going to miss it with your religious thinking. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Notice Matthew writes from that time. That means there was a specific point when Jesus began to emphasize repentance. So what was that time? Many Bible scholars believe it was after Jesus' confrontation with Satan. 
that Jesus immediately begins preaching the same message that John the Baptist preached (laughs) right after his confrontation in the wilderness with the devil. Jesus says, repent. It's necessary to repent in order to receive salvation, healing, and deliverance. Write it down. It's necessary to repent before you can receive salvation, healing, or deliverance. It is absolutely necessary. It is crucial. It is vital to repent before you get saved. You, I, no one can be saved before they repent. No one can be healed before you repent. No one can be delivered till you change how you think. These people... These people, the Jews of Jesus' day, knew the Old Testament. They were expecting the Messiah, but they couldn't see him. They couldn't hear him. They couldn't understand until they what? Repented. They had to change how they thought. Oh, oh, now I see it's you. Now I see you're here to, what you're here to do. Now he can do it. Acts 3.19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. It's impossible to be converted until you repent. You can't be converted spiritually. You can't be converted in your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. There's no transformation. And you can't be converted and healed in your body until you repent, until you change how you think about God, his kingdom, and you. So my brothers and sisters, we can no longer afford to walk around in our feelings. It's... it's, I feel like, listen, I I, I realize feelings are real and I'm not trying to hurt them anymore, damage you anymore. I just got to tell you, get out of your feelings. It's preventing you from seeing and experiencing the fullness of God. Get out of your feelings. Your feelings are messing with your mind. Messing with your mind, bruh. You know that ain't God. You know that's not God's will, what you're thinking, what you're reasoning. Something needs healing in your mind. It's not enough. Everyone stand, please. It's not enough to feel sorry for the things that we do. We must repent. We must change the way we think about what we've done. We need to change the way we think about how God feels about what we do. We need to change the way we think about worship, prayer. We need need God's perspective. Lift your hands in the place called holy. You may be at home. You may be in a hospital. You may be in your apartment. You may have pulled over in your car. You are in a holy place. And Jesus said, 
right now. If you change the way you think, if you repent right now, if you see the need to change right now, if you decide to repent right now, healing is available. Salvation is available. Deliverance is available. The blessings and the promises of God are available because we put ourselves in a place that we say, God, I need a change in how I think. I want to see you more clearly, more plainly. I want to know what your will for my life is once and for all. I don't need to keep running to prophets and soothsayers and magicians and everybody. I want you to tell me yourself. You created me in your image and in your likeness. I am fearfully and wondrously made. I am a work of your hand. God, you created me. You told Jeremiah before I put you in your mother's womb. I knew you. I separated you. I consecrated you. I have a plan for your life. God, reveal your plans for us. We humble ourselves tonight. We repent right now of our sin. We are sorry and we want to change. Show us what it is that causes us to keep falling for the same thing, falling for the same lie, falling for the same trick. We don't want to have carnal minds, demonic minds, selfish minds, fleshly minds, or worldly minds. We want and need the mind of Christ. Heal the body of Christ tonight, Jesus. Minister to us by your spirit. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Renew us, oh God. Renew a right spirit within us. Renew our minds, holy God. Show us the things that we need to reject. Show us the ideas, concepts, thoughts, and ideas that come from the world that's pushing up on us and trying to make us feel that we have to follow the world's way. God, give your people the strength. I rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a self-disciplined mind. Take control of your mind tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost. Humble yourself. Repent and let God come in and let him take up residence in your heart and your mind and let him lead and guide you for the rest of your life with power and authority. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, somebody say, yes, I believe it. I'll never be manipulated another day in my life. You don't have to know everything. You just need to know the one that knows everything. You need to know you know the one that knows everything. I don't have to have an answer for everything everybody asks me. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God bless you. We're glad that you joined us tonight. I believe some things were said that set you free. I believe some things that were, were said tonight that empowered you and gave you confidence in the mind of Christ you have. Watch your life soar. Watch you succeed. Somebody's going to pass a test that before tonight you didn't think you could pass. Somebody's going to get a promotion. Somebody's going to be blessed. Somebody's going to be on the job. And you're going to have the answer that they've been searching for for six months. It's going to come out of your little mouth because the power of God is on you and the mind of Christ is in your head and in your heart. Tell somebody I'm ready to soar because of how I think. 
I'm mentally healthy because of the Spirit of God. Amen. Well, God bless you. Listen, if you prayed the prayer of faith with us, you are saved. If you allow Jesus Christ to come into your heart, if you change the way you think about God, his kingdom and his commandments, your life is on its way to a healthy place. I thank God for that. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, then. Listen, we need you to support this ministry. We live and are able to do what we do because of your support and people like you that have renewed minds. So we thank you. So listen, use one of those options at the bottom of the screen to support the ministry. And as always, we love you. We thank God for you. And God will bless you because, again, he promised he would. In Jesus name. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.